Welcome, ghosts and goblins, to a very special episode of Soliloquy 123, The Ramblings of a Madwoman with a Soothing Voice. Today is my favorite holiday, Halloween. You know, I watched a lot of horror movies as a kid. I still do. I also watched a lot of cartoons. That hasn't changed either. I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo. I watched it a ton. I still enjoy a good spooky mystery. Did you ever pull any morals from that show? I did. That moral was, all monsters are human. And if you want to be that asshole who brings up the stuff on the side, spin-offs and the like, the lesson's still there. The people, the heroes, the characters, the villains, they're not some cosmic calamity. They're human. They're human in the sense that they want something and fuck all that gets in their way. Stepping on good nature, starting rumors and spreading them for their own greed. After all, there's nothing more profitable than the suffering of others. And that's what I pull away from this. Vampires, zombies, werewolves, and all other creatures of the night, they should be feared like animals. It's their instincts. And it's their will to exist or just survive that makes them feast on, you know, humans. It's no different than one creature slaughtering another for food. No, they're scarier things than sharp claws and bared fangs. More terrifying than anything that may go bump in the night. I'm talking about real monsters. They are the cruelest and most terrifying, and they're always cloaked in human skin. I was at my father's house. It was late. Twilight had just passed and dusk was slowly dying into night. It was soothing and my younger brother and I saw him. He was racing his bike. I could hear it before I saw it. Bike spokes rattling across gravel and grass and suddenly I felt like a giddy teen again. Then I saw his face. He was beautiful. He sped across the gloom, choosing to fly past the rear window where I sat with my brother, I guess, deciding to ride our patio instead of along the woods near the rear of the property. Something was wrong, though. I wish I could have put my finger on what. I I vaguely recognized him. I also vaguely recognized his brother. Riding along the thin edge of lights that splashed from inside the woods, barely visible unless you'd seen him coming. Both gorgeous young men, probably at the very end of their teen years, olive skin, witty eyes, and the same handsome smile flashed when they spared a glance at each other and locked eyes. Then they locked eyes with me. They rode in opposite directions around the house. I wish I hadn't smiled back. They did a few tricks on their bikes, almost like a show for us. Each time they overlapped each other, it was like passing a baton in a relay, speeding off the other way. It was mesmerizing. That is, till they stopped and broke the window. My heart stopped. I knew I'd recognize them. They lived down the street, their names escaping me. And I really wish I could have remembered because then at least I could give a name to the police. I quickly shooed my brother through the front door. I knew our neighbors were far. It was dark. His autism would do us no favors in this situation, but I had to try something. I had to try anything. I stayed by the window and watched in silent terror as they crawled into the light of my home through the inky blackness that was no longer beautiful, but soul-wrenching and horrifying. I just stood there. I didn't say or do anything. I'm not sure why. Maybe it was an awful blend of 
fear and morbid curiosity. One brother, then the other. They were even more attractive up close. Green eyes, wavy hair, pulled back on one and a short mop on the other. Smooth skin that made their boyish charm even more evident. And a toy gun. One of those cheap green ones with an orange cap. I almost laughed at my fear, but I knew something wasn't right. They broke the window, and then I saw the clawed hammer. Yep, they're gonna kill me. I flew upstairs to my father's room. I was no longer a grown woman pushing 30. I was a scared child looking for help. I busted into my father's room and asked him where he keeps his gun. I know he has them, but for the love of God, I can't remember where. He wakes up startled and confused. I try my best to explain what's going on as quickly as possible before they get here. Then I noticed they weren't there. Why weren't they here? It's a small hallway and a flight of stairs to this room. I'm a chubby woman and they are much younger and in infinitely better shape. Something's not right. Even if by some miracle adrenaline carried my short, stumpy legs into this room at a speed that they couldn't catch, they should be at the door by now. What's wrong? Something is very, very wrong. And then the call came. My dad somewhat up, but not enough to yell at me for busting into his room while he slept. He also knew something was wrong. He watched the call with me. It was the boys. They were muffling themselves. And then I saw the bed. It's my older brother's room. I held in my scream. And though I'm not 100% on the method, I knew what was about to happen next. Screaming would just wake him in the nick of time for him to see and hear his terrible fate. The one he could not escape. No, silence was better. Silence was a kindness. I guess dad agreed because he gripped my shoulder hard, but he didn't say a word. The brother with the long hair stood over the bed of my own. He looked at the camera and put his fingers to his lips and smiled. Then he pulled out the hammer. The short-haired teen, I guess, is the one who held the phone. It was at an angle that was bad. I pretend it was on purpose. Some bizarre gesture so we wouldn't have to see exactly what's about to happen directly. But I think he was more obsessed with watching instead. I could only see his back in the dim light. I was grateful for that. It made it more bearable to watch him slam down the claw of the hammer. I wanted to look away so badly. But I had some fucked up reasoning that not only was this justified, but I needed to witness this. I had to see it to the end. I couldn't see my brother, but I could hear him. Too dazed and confused to call out his body futilely struggling against his murderer. Stillness. Then almost the wet, steady thump of the hammer crunching down on his skull. And the soft almost sucking sound it made when he pulled it out. I swear I could hear him bleeding through the FaceTime call. It sounded like trickling water. I was going to be sick. This could have all been prevented. Why hadn't I used the common sense that I'd ridiculed actors for lacking in their own horror movies? Why didn't I? And then I start to notice the discrepancies. This isn't my father's house. Where's my stepmom? Why is everyone asleep even though dusk has just ended? I stopped looking at the screen, though I can still hear the methodical destruction of my eldest sibling's skull. The room doesn't look right. I take a deep breath, close my eyes, and open them. I'm in bed, in my own home. It was a dream. I want to vomit. 
I'm scared. And of course, my husband is out of town and I am alone at 4 a.m. with my fucked up subconscious. I thought saying it out loud would make me feel better. It doesn't. But in all seriousness, they really were beautiful. I asked him for his number. I don't know why. I could have asked his Facebook. I mean, that's what everyone uses now. He smiled at me. His ink black hair so straight when he pushed a lock behind his ear. It was like parting water. Fair skin, handsome lips, boys, men like him are just so pretty. He smiled, his canines uneven with the rest of his teeth, jutting almost awkwardly, but it added to his youthful looks. He chuckled and said, All right, I usually wouldn't, but... He reached into his pocket and pulled something out with a closed fist. He put whatever he pulled out in my hand, squeezing it shut. I could feel my face heating up from him, holding my disgustingly sweaty appendage. (laughs) He turned and walked off into the crowd. He did the call me gesture and was gone. I looked to see what he put in my hand. When they pressed into my palm, they felt smooth in texture, but lumpy in shape on one side, almost kind of sharp on the other. Weird. I opened my hand to see three white rocks. Funny looking rocks. Human teeth. Molars, uh, to be exact. Shit. There's something on one. There's something on all of them. Out of sheer morbid curiosity, I look closer. Let the fucking of my day continue because those are numbers. Two of them with three digits and one of them with four. On the crown of each tooth, there's a Roman numeral. One digit on each one, marking one, two, three. On the first Roman numeral, there's a three-digit tooth. On the second Roman numeral, There's the second three-digit one. On the third Roman numeral, there's the four-digit one. It was a phone number. Would it be fucked up if I called? It's raining. Or maybe it just feels like it's raining. I don't know. It's impossible to tell anymore. All the days kind of blend together. Each one, I don't know, seeping into the next. I'm not even sure what day, week, or month it is. I don't know windows. Just fluorescent lights and lots of white. White ceilings, white floors, white walls, white bedding, just white everything. Even my clothes are white. I miss colors. I see them every now and then in the form of pills that almost look like candy. Blues, greens, pinks, purples, whites, but... Never red. 
never, ever red. That's the color I miss the most. Red reminds me of fire and passion and love. It reminds me of freedom. Before everything became this damnable white. I remember the day very clearly. The sky was overcast, threatening rain, and everything was that weird shade of bluish gray. Almost like you're walking through your very own noir film. Everything looked subdued. I was running errands. Uh, I was getting everything ready for my wedding. That's right. I was supposed to get married. And I was going to wear a big, puffy, white dress. Back when I liked the color white, I'm not too terribly keen on it anymore. No. I came home earlier than expected. You know, you're running errands and out of the fucking blue, someone cancels. So it frees up about three hours of your fucking day. And I came home and I remember pulling up to the driveway and walking up to the door and just feeling, just feeling something wasn't right. Maybe it's because all the curtains were drawn. On overcast days, I love to leave the windows open, let in that cool natural light. Maybe that's what started it. And I unlocked the door and I heard this sound. I heard the sound and sounded like, like two animals grunting, growling, panting, and I I panicked for just a split second. What are wild animals doing in my home, in our home? So I followed the sound out of my own disturbing curiosity, and there I saw him. And there I saw her, too wrapped up in themselves and their activities, to notice me in the open doorway. She must have parked her car down the street, because I sure as fuck didn't notice it when I pulled in. Maybe he picked her up in his car. I remember just walking out and being so hot in there and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I didn't even realize I'd left the front door open and I just walked outside and I walked behind the house and I walked into the backyard. I just I just needed space to breathe and I didn't want to be seen. I felt so dirty. And I <laughs> I grabbed the hatchet. I don't know why in particular we own a hatchet. We live in the fucking suburbs. But here we are with the hatchet. And I go back inside dragging my hatchet. 
And they turn around and they see me and I see their faces flushed red. And I see her lipstick smeared across both their faces on our sheets, on our pillows. Just red everything. And then everything went black. I remember coming to and that horrifying scene I had imagined was gone. Just two red lumps of meat spraying their contents all over a white bedspread. I dropped the hatchet. I recall walking down the stairs and through the archway of the front door, and I was transported. There before me was my beautiful wedding day. There were rows of cars, flashing lights and celebration, and instead of that disgusting white, they flashed blue and red. It started to drizzle a little bit, almost like flower petals. My hatchet was transformed into a beautiful red bouquet of delicate red roses. I wasn't wearing the white puffy dress. Instead, a sleek red gown clinging to my body. I saw them exit their vehicles, them holding up black roses, shouting, there she is. I tossed my bouquet. And when I came to again, I was here, surrounded by white. It's the only thing I can remember. Everything just kind of bleeds together. Huh, sounds like it's raining. It always feels like it's raining. I wonder why.